Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning into today's broadcast, Wednesdays Are For Women. I'm your host, Pastor Chanel Burroughs. Take a listen as we discuss a living sacrifice. I lay here have time. Just get in God's face and say, Lord, I need to know what this is because you said that this was a month of birthing. And I'm telling you, the Lord is speaking. He is speaking to his people because there is something I truly believe there is something that God is ready to do now through your life. There are some things that God is ready to get to birth through you now because there's some people that need what you have. And I believe that that's the time clock that we are working on. And so as a result of that, I believe that God is is uh, is speaking to us about what our next steps are. He's speaking to us about what our next moves are. Where do we go from here? What is life going to look like in a year for, for us? Why are we doing what it is that we've been doing? Why were we told to remain faithful over what we've been given? There is a reason behind it. And I'm telling you right now that the spirit of the Lord, he is speaking to you concerning everything that is concerning you. The spirit of God is speaking to you about it. All you have to do is just get yourself in the right posture, put yourself in the right place in order to hear his voice. And so I'm telling y'all that September, it has done exactly what it prophesied to do. And not only that, um, let me see, it started Sunday. So we we actually just came out of uh, the Jewish, well, we're in the Jewish New Year, and it's something that they celebrate, of course, yearly. It's called Rosh Hashanah. Uh, we just celebrated that. And I tell you, every time that we shift over into a new year, we've just entered into the year 5783. You know, we're getting ready to shift. Those of us that are on the Gregorian calendar, we're getting ready to shift to 2023. And um, every time that we get ready to, to shift into a new year. God always takes us to another place in him. He always reveals more. He always shifts some things, uh, shifts some things that, you know, we've been faithful over for, we've been faithful over that, that we were supposed to be faithful over in the last season. He always, uh, begins to start doing something fresh and, um, it's just so amazing. It, it never, it never fails. And so I'm saying all that to say that on October 2nd, y'all, October the 2nd, which is this coming Sunday, come on, somebody type this coming Sunday, this coming Sunday, October the 2nd, I am going to be releasing song number two, and it is called Psalm 42. Y'all, I am so excited about this project, about this song. Let me tell y'all something. This whole thing has been such a birthing process. Oh my God, because I actually wrote this song five years ago. I was sitting downstairs of my house, folding up clothes. Y'all know how we do it, mommies. And, um, 
and uh, all my children, they were sleeping. My husband was upstairs sleeping and I was downstairs. It was just me and the Lord. And God said, grab your recorder. And I grabbed my recorder and I just began to start worshiping. And God just began to start downloading song after song. Well, this was one of them. And at the time, I had never written a song a day in my life. Did I ever tell y'all that? At the time when I was writing these songs, I had never had experience experience in writing anything. I had never taken a class. I've just been involved in a lot of worship, uh, a lot of singing. I've been singing all my life. And so, you know, I, I was, I'm all, I've always been a lover of music, but I never have taken a class in it, never been trained and taught how to do it. And so the spirit of God he just began to start downloading to me all these different songs. And one of them just so happened to be Psalm 42. And, um, you know, at the time, because I was new to it, I was very shy concerning it because, you know, all these thoughts are going through your mind. When you are birthing something new, you start to think like, you know, am I doing this right? You know, is this going to make any sense? Uh, is this going to sound good? You know, are people going to laugh at me? All these different thoughts are going through your mind. And so I remember I, my, I told my husband, I said, baby, you'll never guess what God gave me all these songs. And, and, um, and he told me to do a live recording. This was five years ago, 2017. And so, um, my husband, you know, he's always been the greatest coach, my greatest mentor, my greatest pusher. He said, okay, well, let me hear some of them. And one of the songs that I sung to him was Psalm 42. And there is always a certain look that he has on his face when I know that he feels the anointing and he hears God speaking to him. And he had this certain look on his face. And I knew that this song was the jackpot. And uh, my husband, he looked at me and he said, Chanel, he said, this song is going to be sung around the world. Now, I'm not saying this to you because, you know, I'm bragging or because I'm boasting. I'm speaking this in faith because this is what I believe God is. I, be I believe that this is a seasonal song. This is a generational song that's going to be a available on all digital platforms this coming Sunday at Octo on October 2nd. Um, I believe that this is a generational song. I believe that it is a, a, a song of the season. And so, and I believe that it is going to be heard and sung all over the world. Let me tell y'all something, baby, this thing is powerful. But I had no clue that when I had recorded it five years ago, that it would take five years to birth it. I did not know that there were some things that God needed to do through me. So you have to understand that when you ask God for a great anointing or when you ask him for increase and when you ask him for a greater anointing, you have to understand what that is going to require. It is going to require you going through a process called being crushed. By the way, um, my mother is tuned in all the way from Huntsville, Alabama. I love her so much. Her and my father, they are they are one of the reasons why this song is able to be put out and able to be produced. I just thank God for surrounding me with individuals that hear God saying, hey, help her, and they jump right on it. And so I just love them. I, I, so I thank God that I got some people that believe in me, y'all. Hallelujah. But you 
you have to understand that whenever you are in the process of, of, of asking God to increase you, and to enlarge you and to give you a greater anointing that is going to require you to be crushed. Come on now, somebody, you just can't ask God to give you a greater anointing and to increase you and, and just think that it's just going to arrive tomorrow. That's the kind of church that we're day and age that we live in. We live in a day and age where the church has misunderstood the anointing and how it works. The anointing is not just something that comes available to you because you got up one morning and you prayed and you said, God, I want you to anoint me. No, that's not that's not how that thing, the anointing, the greater the anointing, the greater needs that you, that your life will meet, the greater need that your ministry will need, will meet. And, 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 and it's because the anointing is only the anointing comes on your life or the anointing shows up when there is a need in the house. That's the only reason why it shows up. Yes, it breaks yoke, it breaks yokes, it lifts burdens, but it shows up for a need. It shows up because someone is burdened. It shows up because someone needs a yoke that needs a yoke destroyed. And so if you desire for your anointing or for to have an anointing that reaches many people, then it means that God is going to require some things from your life that are not going to feel comfortable. It's not going to feel good. It's not, it's not going to be something that it's not going to be something that you're always going to be excited about. It's going to require sacrifice from you. And so that's what even we're going to be talking about on today. Uh, God began to speak to me very heavily yesterday in prayer. Um, my God, man, he began to speak to me yesterday very heavily in prayer concerning why the fire on our altars are constantly going out. Why? You know how we quote that scripture and we say, may the fire on the altar never burn out. Eddie James even wrote a song that is so popular, so powerful. And we sing that song and we 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 declare that song. But you have to understand the reason why sometimes we see fires go out in the church or why we see fires go out in our life. And it's not because, oh, well, I must not be praying enough, even though, yes, that has a little bit to do, that has somewhat to do with it. It's not because, oh, you know, well, uh, I guess I'm just not spending enough time with the Lord. No, it's deeper than that. Fires burn at their greatest. The fires are, are at their most strongest when they have something on it. When, when a fire has something on it, that's when it will burn the most. We know this because when we're barbecuing, it's hard to start a barbecue fire if you do not have some type of a liquid that's on the coal, if you don't have coals, if you don't have liquid, if you don't have some type of paper in there that's going to keep the fire going, eventually it's going to dwindle down. You cannot expect a fire to remain strong if it does not have something to burn up. This is the reason why fires spread. They're spreading fast because they are finding other things to burn. 
But if you put a fire in a place where it does not have anything to burn, eventually it's going to die down. Now, my daddy is a Boy Scout. And so one of the things that he would teach us as children is if you were ever cooking in your kitchen and there is a grease fire that breaks out, the worst thing that you can do is put water on it. No, what you want to do is take a top to a pan and put that top over the fire. And once you put that top over the fire, the fire will eventually die down. It will eventually die out. And so you have to understand, we have to understand as the church that if we want to keep any fire burning in our lives, if we want to keep fire burning in our ministry, if we want to keep fire burning in our churches, burning in our lives, then we have to make sure that there is always a sacrifice on top of the fire. Who is the sacrifice? We are. According to scripture, we are required to be the sacrifice that keeps the fire burning. How do we know this? Romans 12 and 1, it states, I beseech thee, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let's go back to that word, living sacrifice. You, come on, sacrifices aren't sacrifices until they are on the altar. Let's read what it says. Even in Leviticus chapter six, verse 12, it says the fire on the altar is to be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest will burn wood on the fire. That's how the fire keeps going. That's how it never goes out because there is always something for the fire to consume. Let me tell you something. If you want to keep the fire of the Lord going into your life, what is the fire of the Lord? That's not just going to church and shouting. We used to say, oh, well, you know, there's no fire up in this church service because nobody shouted today. Let me tell you something. You can go to church and not do anything any shouting and still be considered a fire and still be considered a fire producing church why because the because your shout is not is not everything that the fire is no the fire is your desire come on now somebody you the fire is your passion the fire is your drive the fire is the thing that makes you want to continue to pursue. Pursue. You can tell me all day long that you're passionate about a particular thing, but the proof of the passion is in your pursuit. And so what the enemy does is he wets the fire. The enemy, he, he causes our fire to die down. He causes uh, the fire in our life to die down, the fire in our ministry and our churches to die down. And that, and, and what happens is when this thing dies down, uh, uh, all of a sudden, nobody wants to come to prayer anymore. Nobody wants to really worship anymore. Nobody wants to come to church anymore. Everybody just wants, everybody just wants to be left alone. We just want to be comfortable. What is that a sign of? That is a sign of a church that has lost its 
fire. And so you have to understand that the first requirement for seeing to it that you always have fire in your life and in your church is there's got to be a sacrifice on the altar. It says, it says every morning the priest will burn wood on the fire. Let me tell you something. This is a part of the old covenant. And so we know that in the old covenant, there were priests and there was a high priest and the high priest was the one that would enter into the holies of holies. He was the one that would enter into this place once a year to give an ultimate sacrifice on behalf of the people. But now we know that because Jesus came, we know that the veil is torn. We know that we've been given full access. And we also have to understand that now we are all priests and we are all kings. Come on now, somebody. If you have inherited this right. And so in other words, you are the one that is responsible now for your own fire, not your pastor. Oh, let me say that again, because a lot of us, we blame our mishaps and we blame our lack of on our leaders when they are not the ones that are responsible for your personal fire. Yes, I know that when you come to church, you know, we're responsible for giving you a word. Yes, I know that we're responsible for training you. We're responsible for discipling you. But after we give that to you, you are then supposed to take it and do something with it in your own life. The pastor cannot WhatsApp you every morning and ask you, did you read your word today? I'm not finna WhatsApp my congregants every morning and ask them, did you pray today? Did you read your Bible? Did you spend time with Jesus? No, that is something that you have to develop yourself. My God, stop blaming the pastor, everything on the pastor. I know when we first started ministry, people used to say, I just feel like what you're teaching us, I feel like it's not enough for me. And I don't feel full when I leave for service. Baby, that ain't got nothing to do with me because you should come into the building already full. There is nothing that I can say to you that will that should make you want to praise. You should come to church already with the praise on your lips. When you're driving to church, you should already be saying hallelujah. You should already be in worship because the Bible says that we are to enter his courts with praise and enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And so this is something that you have to learn how to train yourself to do. Yes, I understand that the Bible says that the pastor is in charge of your soul. But after you come from up out of the pastor's presence, you then have to train your soul. What is your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions? You have to train your emotions. You have to train your mind. This goes back to Romans 12 and 1. I beseech thee therefore, brethren. But then it goes on to say, and be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so every day on a daily basis, you are training your mind. You are training yourself on how to think positively. You are training yourself on how to speak positively, on how to speak the word of the Lord. Yes, I love movies. I love reading books like the best of them. But let me tell you something. Nothing is going to be read more than the word. 
Nothing is going to be, nothing is going to take more of my time than his presence. His presence is my number one priority because when I am constantly before the Lord, my mind is being transformed. My mind is being postured in a way where it understands that this is where I belong. It understands that this is home. This is the place that I run to. I don't run to terror cards. I don't run to the horoscope. I don't run to the psychic. Watch this. I don't even run to my pastor. I don't run to prophetic conferences. No, I can seek the Lord myself because God has given me full access. Now, is there anything wrong with going to prophetic conferences? Absolutely not. Girl, I will beat you there if God told me. If God says that somebody's got a word for you and I need for you to get to this specific location, then guess what? I'm a knock you down. I'm going to push your car out the way as I'm headed to the service because God said that there's a word for me there. But there is a problem when we begin to depend on these things and when we begin to depend on these things and not learn how to seek the Lord ourselves for answers and not learn how to seek the Lord ourselves, or not train our mind to be able to hear his voice voice. Come on, constantly, you are training your mind. You are causing your mind to hear his voice and hear his voice alone. You are training your mind to be sharper than any two-edged sword. You're training your mind to understand what's flesh and what's spirit, what's not of God and what is of God. So that when a word comes to you or when somebody is saying something to you that God is not saying, you can instantly pick up on it and you will know to, you will know to eat the fish, but spit out the bones. Come on here. And so the Bible goes, the Bible goes on to say in Leviticus six, he is to arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat portions from the fellowship offerings on it. There it goes again. The onerous is on the priest. The onerous is on you. Come on, stop using church as an excuse. Well, you know, that's why, that's why, um, you know, I really don't, I, I, I really don't fool with that church anymore because, because, you know, um, uh, 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 I still, I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like anything is happening in my life. Yes. I understand that there are some things that we are supposed to be training you to do as the church. But when you get to the point where you are neglecting your relationship, your personal relationship with the Lord, for the church, there is a problem. And there is idolization that has come into that has come into place somewhere in your life. And that's all right. We've all been there. We've all been to the place where we were dependent on the pastor to give us a good word and, and not and not already getting already, you know, being in the presence of God and getting a word for ourselves and going to church to see, okay, God, what are you saying? Is this thing going to be confirmed today? We, we, you know, a lot of us, we've come, we've walked through a place and a time and a season where we were once dependent on the pastor to do everything for us. Pastor, we called the pastor six times a day. Pastor, I need for you to pray for me. I need for you to come here. I need for you to lay your hands on me right now when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on now, if we can just understand our power, the onerous is on you. 
The responsibility is on you. Behold, I've given you all power over the enemy. He did not say, I've only given it to your pastor. And on his days where he accepts office visits, go to him and let him pray it out. No, baby, you have the power to walk up in your household and open up your mouth and do and begin to declare and decree the word of the Lord and watch it shift because of the word in your mouth. You have the power to lay hands on yourself. Let me tell you something. When I'm sick, when I'm sick in my body, when I'm discouraged, when I'm under attack, yes, I have intercessors. Yes, I have people that I can call up and I can say, girl, I need for you to pray for me today. We got friends that will pray for us in a heartbeat, but you better know this. I know how to pray for myself. Because let me tell you something, you can't always get in contact with everybody. Come on, everybody cannot always be at your beck and call, especially your pastor. They have lives. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast, A Living Sacrifice. Remember, we'll be right back here again next week, Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 12 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. Have a great week.